Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. Um, and, of course, your thoughts, as always, on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline at 765-447-4080, which is an important number to have here because I didn't realize this, but uh, I do have tickets for Wednesday night's Purdue women's basketball game against Southeast Missouri State. Uh, just text me, boiler up the 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. Text boiler up, and uh, you'll be registered to win these tickets. We'll draw out a winner at the end of the show. Uh, that is for Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, against Southeast Missouri State. It'll be your last chance for a couple weeks to get to see basketball in Mackey with, uh, you know, the holidays and the, uh, you know, the finals and all that stuff coming up here. So it'll be a little bit quiet. You want to go, text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080, and uh, you can get yourself registered to win those tickets. Why not get started here with the Need to Know News? Here's your Need to Know News. All right, let's get started with, uh, looks like Purdue will be looking for a new tight ends coach. According to footballscoop.com, Seth Doji will be hired as the new offensive coordinator at Marshall. Doji came in this past season, has had coaching stops at Bowling Green, USC, and Old Miss. Best of luck to him. But this goes back to that, you know, that continuity that you wish you had with coaching staff, a young coaching staff here, too. Uh, it's great to see somebody moving up and, and doing bigger, better things. But at the same time, come on, man. Ugh. So no word on a replacement yet. We'll see. Another Purdue player into the transfer portal. The latest is Zion Gunn Corner. He is a uh, freshman. He'll have four years of eligibility uh, when he uh, transfers, he was part of the 2023 recruiting class. Never played a snap for Purdue redshirted. Little surprising is what it is. Again, I don't fault kids who try to take advantage of the portal. Seemingly, a lot of them do, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit. It's just—it's the nature of the beast right now. As we uh, take a look at the latest AP poll for men's hoops, and Purdue will slide down to fourth uh, in that ranking. After the loss to Northwestern on Friday night, Arizona into the top spot, followed by, uh, depending on what you go, the coaches poll has Houston at number two, AP poll has Kansas at number two, and then vice versa here in three. UConn unanimous at five, Baylor unanimous at six. And then uh, we're kind of jumping around here. Marquette and Gonzaga, 7-8. Florida Atlantic, UNC Creighton, 9-10-11. That's kind of the grouping there. 
Uh, other Big Ten teams here in the polls. Illinois 18th in the coaches, but 20th in the AP. Wisconsin 23rd in the AP poll. Do not make the coaches poll. They're 26th. They just missed out to Ohio State, who got 25th. Ohio State is at 27th in the AP poll. So getting a little bit better. Colts get their fourth straight win, 31-28, and sweep the Titans on the year. Gardner Minshew, 312 yards, two touchdowns. Mike Pittman Jr., 11 catches, 105, and a touchdown. That win helps them keep pace with Houston now at 7-5. Jacksonville with their eight wins in action tonight against the Bengals. Jags at 8-3. The win also helps the Colts hold on to that seventh seed. Now, very much a log jam. They lose some tiebreakers as of right now. But the Steelers uh, are on the docket here in a couple of weeks. The Browns are turned to Joe Flacco. And you've got four teams right there at 7-5, and five, plus the Bills and Broncos at 6-6. Six and six. So still football to be played, tiebreakers to be made. But uh, the Colts got some help, undoubtedly, over the weekend. Bears were off on Sunday. That doesn't mean you didn't have some rooting interest, Chicago fans, as the Panthers lost to Tampa. That loss eliminated officially the Panthers from playoff contention with their one win. Uh, But more importantly, uh, it also helped them hold on to that top spot in the draft that the Bears currently own from the Panthers. Blackhawks losers again, 4-1. That's three L's in a row. They haven't scored more than one goal in a game in that three-game losing streak. Taylor Radish, the guy with the power play last night, in the third to break that shutout. They'll return home from that three-game road swing and host Nashville uh, tomorrow. Big day yesterday for some local high school football players as the Indiana Football uh, Coaches Association released their senior and junior All-State teams. Local guys who made it in 6A, which includes the uh, Two Jet players, DJ Young, wideout, and defensive back Michael Lillard make All-State senior squads. Nobody on the junior squad, though, it looks like. Over in 5A, which is uh, Harrison, uh, you've got Carter Canoy making the senior team, as well as Alex Steen. Then on the junior team, Christian Ferguson, along with Jackson Mills, uh, make the Indiana All-Junior teams. Down to 3A, both the Kitchell Twins make it in for West Lafayette into the senior squad. On the junior side, Benny Speaker and David Curl III also getting honors. And then down to 2A, where Central Catholic had three participants on the senior squad. Uh, defensive lineman Albert Schwartz, defensive back Bryn Robbins, and linebacker Nick Page uh, all make it. On the junior side, quarterback Bobby Metzger and Jackson Kane. Uh, both make it as well. Big Ten college hoops from last night. Nebraska falls to Creighton 89-60. Don't like to see that, huh? Uh, you'd like to see the Big Ten thrive, but uh, that's always a great matchup. And then Ohio State, uh, they kind of let Minnesota back into that one a bit, but 84-74, to uh, the Buckeyes uh, win that one at home. Garcia at 36 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, in that one tonight, just one game in the Big Ten at your Boilermakers hosting Iowa. That over under opened at 165, down to 162 and a half, and Purdue a 12 and a half point favorite this evening. And there you go. That would be today's need to know news.
All right. So here's what we got to do. We got to find some winners tonight. We've got Purdue. We've got Iowa. Uh, quite honestly, Mike, your, your gut instinct is to hit the over here at 162 and a half. It's come down three points. Uh, we know exactly what these teams average, and it's a lot of points. Uh, Iowa averages 90 a game. Purdue averages 84 a game. Ken Palm has this coming out to about 171 on the totals here. But I don't know. Look, when you go back and you look at the last five games these two have played, they have not. They have not beaten this number. That was a little concerning. I was ready to go. And then they don't beat that number. So I go, okay, maybe this is something. uh, I don't know. The total has gone over, though, this season in 75% of Purdue's games and 71% of Iowa's games. Iowa has the number 9 uh, adjusted offensive tempo this year, so you know they're going to get going. Purdue is ranked 60th, so we're not exactly waiting around here. Iowa's offense ranked 15th in adjusted offensive efficiency, while Purdue is ranked number 4. So you would think as long as we can hit free throws, we should be good. The one disadvantage that Purdue has here is they do not force turnovers, and Iowa does not turn the ball over on offense. Zach Eady should have himself an uh, advantage on the inside. His over-under is set at 24. I'll be honest with you. I don't hate Zach Eady over 24 points. He's done that in three of the last five. He didn't do it against Texas Southern because, well, he played 21 minutes. And he scored 23 against Tennessee. The over-under on rebounds is 12 and a half. Which, again, seems like a lot, but take into consideration he's done that three out of the last five games. The two being Texas Southern again and you know Tennessee that had some of that size to match up on the inside. You know, I was not a very good rebounding team either. They don't get a lot of offensive rebounds specifically. They're 82nd in the country in total rebounding. So I think maybe that is that that might be a spot where Zach Eady can take advantage. Twelve and a half, just it's a getting into Big Ten play here. Maybe a little bit too rich for my blood. I much rather go with the twenty-four and a half points. I would feel better about riding that than I do either the twelve and a half that the spread is up to right now, or that over under spot here. I wouldn't hate you for the one sixty-two. Which is I, I look at the history and everything, and I just say. Geez, I feel like we always overestimate this one. And the fact that it's come down three points should tell you something here. Like I said, you look at what these two teams have done in the past, and we always come into this one where we say, hey, Purdue at home, by the way, very good. Zach is only averaging 20 points at home, but you got to take that out of consideration because he's... A couple of those games, he's only playing like 20 minutes and not getting the full, you know, not getting the full uh, smorgasbord of time. But again, you look at 160, 162 and a half is a lot. Purdue's last 44 night games against non AP ranked opponents at Mackey Arena, a total of 166 or fewer points. 
And interestingly enough, Iowa's won the last five second halves against Purdue. But yeah, go back and look at these totals. February of last year, 87 to 73. What's that get us to? One, uh, 160? Okay. Uh, in the in the Big Ten tournament, 75 to 66, we'll throw it out, you know, neutral court, whatever. At Iowa, 83 to 73. Back at Mackey Arena, 77 to 70. Back in Iowa, 70 to 55. I was I was ready to go. Absolutely ready to go on that over. But I kind of recoiled a little bit at it. I may be on the player stuff tonight. There's some other player points that I like tonight. I mean, how good has Fletcher Lawyer been at home? He's sitting at 11.5 points tonight. I think that might be a guy where you want to go ahead and and take advantage of because I think he's going to have a a decent night shooting. He's been shooting very well at home. Now his three count is over one and a half at minus one thirty. Fletcher's averaging eleven and a half at home this year in five games. Again, I have to throw Texas Southern out because I'm well, you know, really playing that one. But, you know, at home against Sanford, he had 12. Moorhead State, eh. But he shot well against, you know, Gonzaga, or um, uh, against Tennessee and Marquette. Hit three out of five. On Friday night from three-point land. I'll roll the dice on Fletch tonight as well. Lance Jones over two and a half threes? I kind of want to shade to the under there. But uh, it's minus 185. I don't think you like that. Look, I, I think I think Coach Payne's getting at him here about that shot selection. I think he's going to slow those down just a little bit. He was 1 of 7 up in Evanston. But again, Texas Southern home, he was 4 of 5. He was also 3 of 6 against Moorhead State at home. So maybe that one's a little bit, maybe I'm not crazy for saying, thinking that he can hit 3. It's a different beast at home. It really, really is. And then, of course, our friends over at DraftKings. Never want to put up Brain Smith props. Nobody wants to put up Brain Smith props. Such an X factor, man. Love that guy. Hey, and then I'll take um man, I'll take Jacksonville tonight. Jacksonville, Evan Ingram, 40 plus yards. Travis Etienne touchdown. I'm pulling that one out of nowhere. But the Bengals are terrible in the middle of the field. And their defense is getting worse and they can't score points. So there you go. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Look, portal's getting crazy. We're going to get to that. Let's talk about this Purdue-Iowa basketball game a little bit more in detail. That's coming up next. 
Don't forget, if you want to win those women's basketball tickets for Wednesday night against Southeast Missouri State, text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080, and we will get you registered to win those tickets at the end of the show. More Hammer Down Show next. Hey, welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 1017thehammer.com. A reminder that you, yes, you can win these tickets for Purdue women's basketball on Wednesday night. Uh, they're in Mackey, 7 o'clock, taking on Southeast Missouri State. If you'd like to go, text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080, and that is your chance to win those tickets. Uh, we'll draw out a winner at the end of the show. Last chance to get into Mackey and see anything until... Well, the women are back against Indiana State Wednesday the 20th. The men are back against Jacksonville on the 21st. So get them while you still can. Tonight, Purdue basketball takes on Iowa, 12.5 point favorite, 162, the over-under in this one. Uh, Purdue now sliding down to fourth in the country. Uh, they are fifth in the first edition of the net rankings as well. Sitting at, uh, was this, uh, three and one in quad one, one and oh in quad two, two and oh in quad three, and just one and oh in quad four. Houston, BYU, Arizona, Creighton in front of them. Houston is always with their impeccable quad four victories, five and oh, BYU four and oh, Arizona three and oh, Creighton three and oh in those games. Although Houston has played three quad one games, just none in quad two or quad three, which is about right. Um, so, yeah. You know me. If you listened last year, this thing makes zero sense to me when you dole out how they value with this formula. You've heard uh, you've heard Tonsoni on with me here from Delphi Bracketology try to explain this thing to me, and we both agree it's still got some flaws here to it. Uh, it is a tool that they use for bracketology. It's not the end-all, be-all. This isn't the BCS. It is just a tool, but to see Purdue where it's at, you know, just like you go to Ken Palm or, you know, those other adjusted metrics. Um, BPI, RPI, whatever. You know, they're just all tools that uh, the committee likes to use. To justify where they've put somebody over somebody else is what it is. But it is good to see Purdue sitting around in the top five of it. But a lot of yins hit the panic button. Y'all freaked out Saturday morning after Purdue loses at Northwestern in overtime. We talked to you on Friday about this. What did I say? For Purdue to win this game, you had to win the guard battle against Boo Booey. He dropped 31 on you, shot 50%. You had to not turn the ball over 17 times. Purdue did that. And they lost some focus there in that second. Look, I, for his, what I would think was, it's not the best officiated game, but at least it felt even for the most part. I thought it felt even both ways. Everybody got some bad calls. It is what it is. You went on the road and you lost a quad one game. It's going to happen. But there's always going to be this, for some reason, 
there's always going to be the section of the fan base that can just not wait to yell fire everybody like this team was going to go undefeated. Phil, who's a great listener, texts all the time. Now's the time for Purdue for a change. Mike won't uh, do it. He should be gone. Purdue fans administration are happy with Big Ten championships every year. And you are a little program. I don't think anybody's just satisfied with it. I think they like to celebrate it. I think this team is thinking about March. And a loss, December, the quad one loss in December, the beginning of December, did not just cost you an NCAA championship. You know, the reality is when you have that, you know, one, two, three, four, five next to your name, and you go in any place that is unranked, I hate to use it because it's so cliche, they're Super Bowl. You are going to get a Herculean effort from bad teams. The thing is, I don't think Northwestern is a bad team. I don't. I think they're a solid team that can very much be in that second tier in the Big Ten. I don't think they're the Big Ten champions, but I think we we, we, we talked about this on the uh, basketball show a lot. Who was that second best team? And Brian Newbert last week had that great, great line. I don't think they've revealed themselves yet. The biggest threat to Purdue in the Big Ten. Biggest threat to Purdue is probably Purdue right now. But after watching this weekend again, there's no denying that there are a couple teams that that have enough to be there in that second tier. Purdue is in the top tier. That's it. Nobody else has shown me, hey, they're, they look unstoppable at times. But Ohio State has looked pretty good. Wisconsin looks like they can be in that second tier. Certainly Iowa, with the firepower they have, can be in that second tier. You know Michigan State's going to lurk, and then they'll make that run. And Illinois. You know, the Illini are, I think, right there talent-wise and ability-wise. They went into Rutgers, and they got themselves uh, almost a 20-point victory. I mean, that's the grouping there. Illinois, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. Those are your contenders. Maryland, no. Minnesota, no. Rutgers, oh boy. Penn State, absolutely not. Michigan, eh. Nebraska, we'll see what you can do. Can't really bury a team that just lost to uh, to Creighton. But they also haven't played anybody else to actually beat. But back to the Purdue, I mean, just the, the absolute freakouts. They didn't shoot well. They didn't play well on the road. It happens. Nobody in this day and age goes undefeated. And I don't understand why some fans will just have an absolute meltdown when they lose. Like, everything is bad. It's the coach's fault. Everything. It's not like they looked unprepared. They turned the ball over a lot. Brayden Smith 
in particular, had a bad game. He turned the ball over six times. You can't do that when you're the point guard. You can't get a heap of praise and almost a triple-double one night. And again, he was getting close again at Northwestern with seven rebounds and nine assists. But your primary goal is to take care of the basketball, and he was not doing that. They played bad. It happens. But credit Northwestern. They played well enough. They 10 for 20 from three. Purdue was not good from behind the behind the arc. Five of 19. No, that Northwestern team may not have the most heralded uh, players on it, but. Darn it, they've got some ballers there. Boo Boo is great. Barnheiser's great, I thought. Did a lot of little things. Oh, and then they just had two other guards come out and score 20 points. They played well. You're on the next one tonight. Again, you don't need to panic if you're a Purdue fan. You knew you were going to lose some games along the way. It's It was unavoidable. But just because Northwestern is unranked, I think people don't realize that's a quad one loss. And you lost it on the road. It's not like you lost to Maryland at home. It's not like you're losing to Minnesota at home. Just take a beat. I don't understand why people melt down. I just don't. Want to fire everything, get rid of these people, this guy's overrated. I think it's the way to go. I think you're torturing yourself for some unknown reason. Look, we got a little time out here. We're going to come back here. Let's talk about the latest editions of the portal, the uh, challenges facing college football, and Purdue in particular. We'll talk about that next. This is the Hammer Down Show. On one of- Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Still got tickets for Purdue women's basketball for Wednesday night against Southeast Missouri State. Last uh, chance to watch some basketball for a couple weeks in Mackey. If you want to go, text Boiler up to 765-447-4080. You can see uh, Coach Katie Geralds and company uh, Wednesday night at Mackey. Uh, on to football here where it continues just to get absurd. The portal just continues to swell. Everybody seems to be jumping in. And Purdue had another at a corner in Zion Gunn jump in today. That brought the total to, I think we're up to, are we up to 16 now is what it was? Yeah. He would be the first corner corner. I don't know. What do you classify Zion Steptoe as now? I mean, he's in the portal, but is he going to be there as a wide receiver like he came in? Is he going to stay with the corner stuff? One would think that it's going to be going back to wide receiver. I, I, I don't know. But that would at least be the first corner where you're already a little thin there, too. That, like, O-line, those are those two areas where I said we really didn't want to lose guys. Now, of course, you add in wide receiver because of the defection. It sounds like a, a lot of big programs want Deion Burks. Good for him. Again, I 
I won't fault kids for trying to do what they think is in their own best interests, even if it does hurt your interests. I do worry about the amount that go in that don't find new homes. They give up scholarships thinking that the grass could be greener, and then they find out it is not. And then, you know, you just can't really turn around in most cases and come back. So I worry about them for that. The part of the portal process I do not like is the fact that you know that there are bagmen and other people that reach out to your best players and say, hey, what's it take? Hey, here's what we got. Well, that's the downside to it. Uh, let's not forget this was set up to let these kids be able to to move without that terrible process of, and then having to sit out a year of eligibility because maybe a coach leaves, maybe you get there, something's not you know on the level like you thought it was. And we only get those four years. You should be able to spend it like you want to spend it. And then adults came in and ruined it with the money. Not the kids. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you were 18, 19, 20, 21 years old and somebody wrote out a check with six digits for you at 18, 19, 20, you'd take it. Especially in some places where you go on the message boards and you see what they write about you. You'd take it, wouldn't you? Of course you would. Don't fault the kids. I just don't. I fault the adults who set this up and then took advantage of the process. But we got to deal with the process. That's what it's at right now. You know, we are still in this. And I talked to my buddies about this, too, because I got all kinds of things. It's out of control. And Kyle McCord went in today, which is crazy. He went 11-1 as a starter, over 3,000 yards. Peace out, Ohio State. Just, that blew my mind today. Well, I get, I, I, I get the sentiment. I do. But you're also now in this, um, in this phase, and everybody is in college bat, in football, because everybody's team is losing guys. Even like you know the Alabamas and the Georgias and stuff too. You know, it may not be hitting them hard, but it will hit them hard as soon as the season is over. Where you get these four and five star guys that found themselves buried, maybe had an injury, looking for a fresh start. Need to get out of there. Maybe didn't live up to the hype, need to change the scenery. And then when you pivot to that phase of, hey, your team's bringing in those recruits. That then gets you excited about possibilities. And then as cool as it sounds, you tend to forget about a lot of the guys that jumped in the portal for your team. It's the way it is as fans. You're excited about the possibilities of what could be with these new guys. But right now, you're stuck in that you're just seeing people leave and you're not seeing anything coming in. Now, you got the bills coming in before the paycheck does. You see the money going out before you're depositing the check. It's depressing. 
but there's a world of possibilities. You know, Purdue losing Seth Doji today to, uh, reportedly, to, um, to Marshall, that's a double-edged sword. You know, one, you show assistance that, hey, you can come here and you can still elevate your profile and move up in, in the coaching industry here. Bad news is, one, you want some continuity amongst your coaches. You would like to keep them. Two, you never like it when position coaches leave sometimes because some of these kids who were recruited by them, who were bonded with them, well, they start thinking about, hey, coach, you got a spot over there for me? You're my guy. It's a double-edged sword. You'll be able to track somebody good for that position. I believe that. But you never like to lose personnel, especially when you just had them here. You're just getting things started. But congratulations to him. His first role as an offensive coordinator. Good recruiter. I mean, look at Max Claire was great this year. Where'd he come from? I mean, a lot of that goes on to Coach Doji. And then you get the whole college football playoff thing. And admittedly, I think a lot of Purdue fans have checked out. I mean, you're not really involved here. Michigan's in there. Probably part of you, like myself, had a little bit of a smile when you saw them completely deflated in their little um, ballroom viewing thing where they found out they had to take on Alabama and not Florida State. A wounded Florida State team. I did enjoy that a little bit. Look, I I hate it when the politicians get involved with this stuff. And certainly all of them in Florida are ready to file lawsuits and do all this stuff. And they should be upset. I, I don't understand how you kept Florida State out. Undefeated. Won their conference championship game. Their non-conference was pretty solid, wasn't it? Who'd they take on? LSU and then uh, somebody else, right? Boston College? So they beat LSU. They went into Clemson and won. Beat Duke. Beat Louisville without their quarterback. That's the other thing that blows my mind here. Is everybody in, in these voters is trying to justify sneaking in an SEC team, which is what they clearly wanted to do, by discounting Florida State as saying, well, you know, we have to take into consideration the team that we're taking, not the one that's performed all year long. They just won the conference championship game without their quarterback. Yeah, they, they, right? They, they want it without him. They still want it. Now, whether or not Alabama has a better time at beating Michigan as opposed to them, that, that should be irrelevant. It's America, and you just went through the entire season undefeated in the Power Five, did not 
go easy in your non-conference. And you're told all because your quarterback got injured, we don't want you anymore. So at this point, if I am coaches in the Big Ten, when you get done with the season, I'm immediately going and saying, we got to scrap this injury report thing because nobody will be honest ever again. If they say, look, Hunter, uh, you know, it's a, it's a leg injury. We know he's not going to play here, but we think we're going to be, you know, we're, we're optimistic that we'll be getting him back soon. Why wouldn't you just lie? Lie your ass off. Why wouldn't you? That's the message that just got sent. And if I'm the Big Ten that's been putting out these injury reports, I'd think about that for the end of the year. Because if that's if that's what can keep you going undefeated, that's what can keep you out of the college football playoff. Now, I know they'll expand it, and hey, but you know what? There's going to be a cutoff someplace, and you cannot afford to lose out on a spot because the committee thinks you're not going to have a player that they feel is pivotal to your success and to be knocked for that. That's insane. So apparently you can work hard, you can do everything right, but... If some guys in a room and gals in a room look at it and say, eh, well, I don't think you're going to be as good. I don't care what you had done. Well, if that's the case, then maybe Georgia should still be in. Why is Alabama who needed a Hail Mary on a 4th and 36 against a 6-6 six and six team to win? Well, why are they more deserving with their one loss? And that, just to get into this four seed. Might as well put Georgia at four. Just ridiculous. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Things we may have missed in the end of the Hammerdown Show. Welcome back to the Hammerdown Show. Wrapping up on 101.7 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Last chance if you want to go to Wednesday night's women's basketball game against Southeast Missouri State. Text Boiler up to 765-447-4080. That'll be your last chance to win those tickets. We'll draw one out here in a couple of minutes uh, for somebody to win. All right, time for some of the things we may have missed. Congratulations to Shaquille Leonard. Uh, he is signing with the Eagles, and uh, he will get a one-year deal there uh, after he took a visit to Philly and a couple other teams last week. Uh, also visited the Cowboys, but, uh, yeah, he's going to Philly, and there you go. Again, I'll say it before, I'll say it again. He should go back to being Darius. Darius played football and was pretty good at it. It really hasn't gone well for him since he went by Shaquille. This is weird. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. And then this was interesting, and I got this sent to me as I was busy today because I got a buddy that's a big Jets fan. And no, it's not Brian Newbert. I unfortunately have another one. Um... So the Jets want to make a switch at quarterback, and they want to go back to Zach Wilson, but he's reportedly reluctant to step back in. The team is hoping he changes his mind as they continue to discuss the next steps. Can you do that? Can you get benched and when they come crawling back, go, nah, I'm good. You're cutting me. I'm trying not to get hurt. 
go play someplace else? I ask myself what I should, what would I do here? What do you do, right? I believe he's got some guaranteed money. That's cool. But this is too, one, I understand why you're jilted. It's New York. You have been taking a heap of the blame. You got benched. You're spurned. I get it. You feel like you're living a better life now or you got plans to get out. But at the same time, if I am a future employer and thinking about bringing you on and the fact that you're like, eh, I don't feel like playing because I didn't get what I wanted or, you know, I feel like I was just treated this way, I don't know that I want to hire you. Not that I think I would be in the market to hire Zach Wilson anyway. But I think it just it sends a message. I think it just sends the wrong message. I don't blame him for not wanting to be out there. But I also got to think about what the future holds for me. And kind of going out there and refusing to play for your team. It's not like these are extremuing circumstances. You got benched. You have another chance to redeem yourself. And he's going, nah, I'm good. Oh, well, that's going to do it for the Hammer Down Show. Best of luck to the Boilers tonight. We'll see you back here uh, with Bobby Buckets tomorrow on the program on...